Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th inning stretch. I uh, hope everybody's having a good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever the day of the week it is for you. Um, it's Sunday for us, and Carson, holy crap, the trade deadline madness is officially in full effect. Y- yeah, absolutely. I'm not even going to try and do like a full intro monologue <laughs> no. because there's literally so much stuff that we need to get into, and I'm so, so excited. Let's go. So much. Um, yes, so much to get into. Uh, before we do, as you know, as anyone has listened to the show with any frequency uh we like to sometimes we like to do shout outs and and stuff like that um and carson a, a bit of a, a bit of a downer a bit of a sad one to start off uh the legendary Sinead o'connor uh recently passed away at the age of 56. yeah a very um a very sad you know sad occurrence when when i learned of the passing of Sinead o'connor obviously of fantastic musician, um, well-known around the world. Um, and obviously, um, all the thoughts and, and prayers are with, with her family as they go through this difficult time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, it just popped up in my, you know, Twitter feed the other day and I was just scrolling along and I, and I saw that and I went, Oh shit. Like, that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully she's able to find peace. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, she struggled with all kinds of demons, um, struggled with mental health, struggled with abuse um, that led to her famous moment of ripping up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, for those of you uh like me old enough to remember that um her son uh also struggled with mental health her son committed suicide um a few years back there so hopefully uh you know hopefully now she's she's able to find peace and and hopefully you know her and her son are together again somewhere so um on much less of a downer but a downer nonetheless also a shout out uh, actually, Carson and I were just talking about this. Um, Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins announced his retirement the other day. Um, and Carson, even though, like we said, he's this man has earned every second of his retirement. Um, it's always it's always it's always a bummer to see one of the greats walk away from from uh, from their their sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Patrice Bergeron is probably one of the greatest not only Bruins of all time but one of the greatest centers probably of all time one of the best two-way centers throughout his career a multi-time Selkie trophy nominee um, and winner Um, so obviously had a great career and um, you know he he will definitely be missed not only by Bruins fans but throughout the hockey world yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the Selkie Trophy because I, I feel like as crazy as he sounds, I feel like a lot of people forget about that. That he's not just a you know 
he's uh, somewhat of a rarity as a two-way center in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I mean, and obviously the accolades, multiple-time All-Star, uh, Olympic gold medalist twice, I think, um, and obviously a Stanley Cup champion in 2011. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer. Um, and then last but not least, uh, all my friends in all my friends in Boston will know what I'm in the New England area will know who I'm talking about. Um, the rest of you might not. Uh, legendary Celtics TV announcer Mike Gorman, uh, who's been the voice of the Celtics for, geez, 30, 40 years now, I guess. Um, and uh, one of the all-time, for me anyways, uh, one of the all-time best announcers anywhere. Uh, Carson, Mike Gorman has announced that this upcoming Celtics season uh, will be his last. Yeah, while personally I haven't listened to a ton of uh, Mike Gorman, all the way out here in in Minnesota. You know, oddly enough, we don't really get local broadcasts. Of you don't. Games out here. You mean you don't get Celtics games in Minnesota? What? No, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> but I was able to listen to listen to a little bit of stuff from him on on YouTube, and mm. um, certainly certainly has all the passion that you would want from a from a home home crowd and home team. Yeah, uh, play by play announcer. So. Uh, obviously very excited for for him as he approaches his last season but um obviously it'll be it'll be hard to hear another voice for Celtics fans in the years to come yeah that's going to be that's going to be really weird um obviously uh Mike Gorman was paired with the lead with Celtics legend Tommy Heinsohn for all those years uh of course Tommy Heinsohn has since passed away so um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be weird hearing another, uh, like Carson said, hearing another voice do the Celtics games. But, um, again, I mean, if ever, you know, if there's a dude, if there's a person who has earned every second of his upcoming retirement, it's Mike Gorman. Um, yeah. So yeah, do yourself a favor. Um, go, you know, do what Carson did. You know, if you're who Mike Gorman, who the hell is that? Uh, take a second and go look it up on, you know, go, go. Mike Gorman's best calls on YouTube, and I promise you won't be disappointed. All right. Stuff out of the way. Um, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but this is our very, this is our last edition of Otani Watch, Carson, because uh, I don't know what in the name of Rod Carew the Angels are thinking, but they have decided to keep Shohei Otani. Uh, they've decided to go all in. They've just, you know, we're going for it. We're going to make a push for a playoff spot. And then no sooner does the decision come out that they're, you know, hey, we're not trading Otani. We're taking him off the market. They went out and traded for what I would consider one of the best available pitchers on the trade market and went out and got Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to convince Shohei Otani to stay, this this is certainly a way to do it. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum about the, um, you know, this whole saga feels like the entire Ross, Rachel, will they, won't they on track. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh... Don't even get me started with that, by the way. But anywho, um, <laughs> it's, it's felt like we haven't really been sure what the angels are doing. They were fielding offers, but nothing it felt like was really concrete. They didn't really like the offers they were receiving. 
So they yep. just decided to take him off the market and just said, okay, well, now that we know that we're not going to do that, we're going to pivot and just, oh, you know, acquire Lucas Giolito uh, from from the White Sox. And they also got Ronaldo Lopez uh, yep. in that deal as well. Um, yeah. So they, I... they had to... They had to pay a pet pretty price too. Second, their second and third ranked prospects, respectively, in Kai Bush and uh, Edgar mm-hmm. Caro. So um, they're they're clearly trying to go for it, and clearly trying to convince Shohei Otani to to sign an extension and stick around. Um, first of all, I'm going to make a lot of you very angry when I say this, but Friends is the most overrated TV show ever. Um, I do appreciate the Friends reference, but. Uh, Friends is grossly overrated. Anyways, um, here come all the angry emails from that. Uh, second, when I saw that Lucas Giolito had been treat had been traded, uh, you know, I I don't know about you, man, but I was not expecting it to be the Angels. I was flabbergasted. Y- yeah, I can't uh, I can't say I was very I was pretty shocked as well. Um, I mean, but once. Once I, once we knew that they were going to keep Shohei Otani, I kind of knew that they were going to do something. I mm. just thought it maybe would have been more along the lines of like a Lance Lynn, who yeah. ended up going to the team across across town. But yeah, um, so I was I was pretty surprised when it came out. It was like, oh, it was it's it's Lucas Giolito. Okay, I mean, good yeah. move, but okay. Well, as the line goes in one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, directed at the Angels' front office, uh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for them. Uh, Because, yeah, that's right. Dodgeball reference. Um, I mean, on one hand, I I don't know. Because we kept hearing that the decision, the Angels' decision about Shohei Otani was going to come down to the last 24 to 48 hours before the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, just out of, basically out of nowhere, they're like, ah, just kidding. We're, we're going to keep him. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so I don't know whether, because we knew, we know that they were fielding offers. Um, and I don't know whether they just, they, you know, none of the offers were enticing enough. Um, maybe they had a plan to go after Giolito or, or one of the other big name pitchers. Um, I, I don't know this. It all just happened so quick. Um, so on one hand, I applaud the angels for their boldness, uh, Carson, but on the other hand, if, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, uh, this could really blow up in their face. Yeah, it's uh, it could it could really backfire, and a lot of this has to do with you know, does Shohei Otani stick around? Because at the mm. end of the day, that is what this trade is about. You know, Lucas Giolito is a solid acquisition. Um, yeah. At at the end of the day, the the main thing I think for the Angels right now is can we get can we get Shohei Otani to commit to the organization can we get him to commit to signing here because let's not forget also aj that lucas giolito is a free agent next year yep. so this is this could very much be a rental um and in order for this to work i think you have to be able to re-sign shohei otani i mean if you if you re-sign giolito cool fine whatever um but 
if if this doesn't help get that playoff push so that you can re-sign Otani, then then it's panic mode in, in yeah. the city of Angels. Yeah, this is this is um I mean, I've I've been sort of racking my brain trying to think of another, you know, another situation that reminds me of this. And honestly, I don't think there is because, you know, none of the other ones involve a player of the talent level of uh, of Shohei Otani, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, good for the Angels, I guess. I I don't know, man. If I was an Angels fan, I would be nervous as hell right now because okay, we've committed to making a push this year. We've taken Shohei Otani off the market. We went out and got Gilito. Um I would be nervous as hell if I were an Angels fan right now because now you know, you know, okay, we basically, we have to make the playoffs uh, and have to make the playoffs and, and at least, you know, at least, you know, if you, if you end up in a wild card spot, you know, it, it make, you know, they they can't be one and done in the playoffs, basically. No, absolutely not. I mean, you you have to, I think, have some sort of run in order for this to work. How deep that run run needs to be, well, that's all up to kind of Shohei Otani and for for him to sit down with management and just kind of be like, hey, we need to get to here, or I'm walking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, if he. <sighs> I don't know, man. If if Otani ends up walking at the end of the season, uh, the Angels front office is going to look really dumb for this. Uh, but if they do get into the playoffs, it'll most likely be as a wild card at this point, it seems like. If they do get into the playoffs and they win a series or two, maybe. Um, of course, the other thing, you know, we're not talking about the elephant in the room, the other elephant in the room. Uh, Mike Trout is still out for the Angels. So a healthy Mike Trout, uh, a happy Shohei Otani, and Lucas Giolito. And I think, I don't think the Angels can just stand pat with Giolito. I think they mean, they need to be, a, if they're, if you're going to do this thing, you need to be aggressive uh, between now and the deadline. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You've got to, you know, you've got to, this can't be – I don't think this is the end of what the Angels mm-hmm. want to do. Um, I think it very much needs to be the beginning. There's still a couple more moves I think that they should make, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is going to be um, – yeah, this is going to be interesting to watch because uh, this could very much go one of two ways. Um, speaking of – so – uh, Shohei Otani ended up becoming the big move that didn't get made, and the Angels basically took the biggest piece off the trade block, um, the biggest piece off the off the trade deadline chessboard, if you will. Um, and then last night slash this morning, Carson, we got uh, maybe the biggest move that's going to be made between now and the deadline. Uh, the Mets have traded Max Scherzer to the Texas Rangers. Uh, yeah, howdy, y'all. Um, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, exactly. 
I don't think either one of us, when we were talking about the Mets, we were like, yeah, they could probably, they'll probably do what the Cardinals are doing. They'll, they'll make a couple of little moves to, to kind of get some of these guys out of here, but keep the main pieces. Like we'll talk about it a little bit later, but they traded David Robinson to the Robertson to the Marlins. And it's like, okay, that, that move makes sense. But then out of the blue, it was like, oh, they're fielding offers for Max Scherzer. Oh, okay. Um, Scherzer needs to have a talk with the ownership. Uh, Oh, yep. uh, Okay. Max Scherzer got traded to the Rangers. Like, absolutely insane how quickly this deal came together. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was yesterday afternoon, I saw a thing that said uh, Max Scherzer, basically, yeah, Max Scherzer was going to sit down and have a chat with ownership about the direction of the franchise after they traded David Robertson to the Marlins. And then last night, boom. Uh, Max Scherzer traded to the Rangers um, in exchange for Luis Angel Acuna. Yes, Ronald Acuna's little brother, coincidentally enough. Um, and then the trade was on hold because Max Scherzer has a no trade clause. And not 15 minutes later, uh, Scherzer waived his no trade clause and the deal went through. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the Mets more here in a second, Carson. But for the Rangers... Uh, this is a, I mean, the Rangers have been good all year. They've basically been in first place all year. Um, this is, this is a, this is a huge move for the Rangers. And this is a clear signal for me anyways, to the rest of the American league. Watch out. We coming. Yeah, the absolutely a hundred percent agree. Um, and for, I'm more curious though, AJ, this is very clear what this means for the Rangers, but what Mm -hmm. in the name of God does this mean for the New York Mets? What does this mean for, for the Mets, not only at this deadline, but going forward, what are they going to do? Because clearly something needs to change the way that this team is playing right now, but does it stop with Scherzer? Does, does Justin Verlander get moved? Do they look to mm. trade out some of these pieces that have been with the organization for a little while? Does Brandon Nimmo potentially get some trade interest? Um, you know, do they do they start fielding offers for Pete Alonzo? Like, Oof. obviously, this is kind of all reckless speculation on my part, but I think the question yeah. has to be asked, where does this end and where does this leave the Mets? Yeah, I really, I mean, this is, a, I mean, obviously, it's a great deal for the Rangers, but. I really, I'm really struggling to see the logic for the Mets. I mean, obviously their their season has not gone the way they wanted it to, um, especially after as good as the season they had last year. Where you know they didn't go as far last year as they hoped. Obviously, um, they lost to the Padres, and and you know, um, when you know last year it was oh the Mets are. World Series, the Mets are a World Series team. Well, they didn't quite get there last year. And Carson, we've talked about it before. Everybody thought, us included, after as good as the Mets were last year, we looked at the Mets coming into this year and went, well, there's no reason to there's no reason to expect uh that they're that they're not gonna take that next step and and possibly go to the World Series, especially after they went and got Justin Furlander. Yeah, and we thought, you know the the tigers teammate reunion now the two-headed monster of scherzer and verlander are in new york and 
Uh, now it just turns out that Max Scherzer has uh, reunited with Jacob deGrom instead. Which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really struggling to see this. I mean, okay, the Mets are 49-55. They're way, way, way out of the NL East. I mean, so isn't everybody else for that matter. Um, yeah, they're seven games out of a wild card spot. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're the Mets, you have to look, okay, like you said, something needs to change. We need to do something. But trading two of your best pitchers – um, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it seems I could be wrong. I'm not granted. I'm not privy to the inner workings of the New York Mets front office, but it seems like, you know, they've realized, okay, well, this season's pretty much a wash. We're not going anywhere. We're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, so let's, you know, let's, let's do what we can do and try to get some pieces, you know, and and start looking start thinking about 2024 yeah i mean clearly they're trying to regroup and you know fun fun fact for those who may not know the prospect they received luis angel acuna is yes ronald acuna's younger brother uh yeah he was the number three prospect in the rangers organization is ranked by mlb pipeline number 44 wow. overall um so it's it's not as if he doesn't have potential just like his brother does uh, I'm also, I guess, a little bit surprised, AJ, with this move that it was just kind of a one-for-one one deal. Yeah. Yeah, kind of kind of interesting that the Mets were willing to take, you know, one prospect for, I mean, Max Scherzer, you know, he's no slouch. Um, yeah. Um, really head-scratching move by the Mets. Uh, but again, great pickup for the Rangers, obviously. Puts them firmly in uh firmly in contention for uh best team in the american league i mean they already were but solidifies that position um we'll talk more about the mets later um in the meantime though carson the cincinnati reds who went from losing 100 and something games last year to being right in the thick of the nl playoff race this year um have made a very smart move uh you might say the opposite of what the mets did um and sign manager david bell to a three-year extension yeah a manager who at one time it seemed was on the hot seat uh but yeah. now is kind of you know has really overseen the resurgence of the cincinnati reds team and signed a well-deserved extension yeah big time um yeah i mean what he's done i mean obviously you have to give credit to the players too it's not you know, it's not all about the manager, but a good manager helps. Hello, Texas Rangers and Bruce and Bruce Bochy. Um Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello. I mean, I could just list. Uh, but anyway, obviously a good manager is important, makes a difference. You got to give credit to the players too. But Carson, what David Bell has been able to do with this Reds team, I mean, I think we've, I'm pretty sure we've, we've talked about this before. You know, we all kind of knew. We looked at the Reds and saw, and saw the prospects that they had, and saw that the young talent that they had on the way up, uh, or already up in some cases, Ellie De La Cruz, obviously. Um, 
we kind of looked at the Rams and be like, okay, they're they're getting there, they're building, they'll be good in a couple years. No, 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 they're good now. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, the the NL Central is a very interesting division this season, <laughs> and, uh, to to put it lightly, and the the Rays are right in the hunt. Uh, you know, at this point, it's basically the the Pirates and the Cardinals are the only teams that aren't in the hunt for that division right now. So. Uh, things could get very interesting for the Reds down the stretch and keep an eye on them over these next couple years. Oh, yeah, man. The Pirates have really dropped off. Um, that that, that kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, the Reds are currently occupying occupying a, a wildcard spot uh, in the National League. And, yeah, only half a game uh, behind the Brewers, who have made a trade of their own that we'll talk about here in a second. Um also, don't look now, ladies and gentlemen, and we will definitely talk more about this team later. Uh, Carson, the Chicago Cubs have won eight in a row, nine of their last ten, and are only three and a half games behind the Brewers. Uh, who had that on their baseball bingo card? Not me. I, I didn't either. I would have had on my baseball bingo card. Okay, Cody Bellinger gets traded at the deadline because the Cubs are terrible, but... Uh, yep. But now reports have come out that at, with this eight-game winning streak, they're not planning on trading Cody Bellinger, and uh, I they'll yep. I think we'll we'll get into this a little more and buy or sell. But um, I think that there's yeah. a good chance we see we see some buying coming from at least one Chicago team. Yeah, uh, it seems like the I always get them mixed up. Cubs are. Cubs are on the north side. Like north side. White Sox are on the south side. One of these days, one of these days, I promise, I promise I will remember that. But I'm always so afraid because I know how, um, how do I put this? How do I put this politely? I know how, there's no way to put this politely. I know how passionate Chicagoans are about North Side and South Side, and I am always deathly afraid of getting this two mixed up. Um, so, anyways, yes, the South Siders are clearly in sell mode. Uh, anyways, um, a team we don't know what the heck is going on, but at least a little bit of good news in the Bronx. Uh, Carson Aaron Judge has returned for the Yankees. Yeah. Big news for Yank for Yankee fans for the Yankees themselves, uh, absolutely massive news as they are currently at the bottom of the AL East, um, even yeah. with a record of fifty. Uh, shucks. Yeah, my Red Sox loving co-host. <laughs> I can hear the smile with that sarcastic. Oh shucks. Oh jeez, isn't that a shame? What, Yankees in last place. <laughs> but what a division that AL East is and. Aaron yeah. Judge is coming back at just the right time. I mean, it's obviously it's obviously good news that Aaron Judge is back for the Yankees, but and admittedly, I know I'm biased, but I'm I'm doing my best not to be biased here. The Yankees are have been an absolute. The Yankees have been a train wreck this year, um, and somehow they're only three and a half games out of a wild card spot. Um, oh, by the way a full game behind my Red Sox in the wildcard standings uh, in case you're keeping score at home. Um, I mean, obviously getting Aaron Judge back is good news, but I almost, 
And again, I'm this this I promise this isn't my bias talking. It's kind of like I heard this news about Aaron Judge Carson and I kind of went, yeah, and like normally oh, Aaron Judge is back for the Yankees. They're going to turn things around. They're going to make a playoff push. They're going to make the playoffs. But I don't even know what that means for the Yankees at this point. Yeah, it's. It's certainly going to be interesting. Another another division that I think is going to have more than likely come down to the wire. Uh, so it'll mm. it'll be very very interesting to see to see what happens here in that AL East because it's a very tight division. Yeah, um, I think we would agree the best division in baseball this year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. Um, Anyways, yeah, so that's that's what's going on in the Bronx. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run through all these trades that have gone down so far. Um, some of them, some of them really good ones. Some of them a bit baffling. Some of them downright weird. Um, and uh, then, yeah, we'll get you guys caught up on all the latest rumors as the trade deadline. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch, uh, into our middle segment here, and we are talking, surprise, surprise, trades, um, because believe it or not, the trade deadline is... Uh, well, maybe already passed by the time you listen to this. Um, so let's just get to run through these. These are the trades that, you know, notable trades that have gone down so far. Some of them are really good and make a lot of sense. Some of them uh, don't make any sense at all. And some of them are just plain weird. Um, yeah, let's just run through those. Uh, so we have Kendall Graveman of the White Sox uh, went to the Astros. Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly of the White Sox uh, to the Dodgers. Joe Kelly reuniting with the Dodgers. Uh, The one we talked about earlier, David Robertson, the closer for the Mets, traded in division to the Marlins. Um, This is the weird one. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, the Guardians, uh, trading Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers for Noah Syndergaard. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Carson, your twins. Uh, shipping Jorge Lopez to the Marlins for Dylan Floro. And last but not least, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have really dropped off, uh, trading Carlos Santana to division rival Milwaukee. Yeah, so um, just kind of <laughs> going, I guess, just I'll just try and go go rapid fire on my, on my opinions on all these. Uh, Graveman to the Astros, I like. Um, yep. he, he did pretty well during his first stint in Houston. Uh, so coming, yeah. some coming back around will help bolster their bullpen. I really like the Lance Lynn-Joe Kelly trade for the Dodgers. Um, yep. the one thing that the Dodgers came into this trade deadline meeting is pitching. Uh, so yep. Lynn and Joe Kelly are certainly great starts, but I don't think that they're done there. Uh, Robertson to the Marlins, another solid, solid addition to their bullpen. Rosario to the Dodgers for Syndergaard. Um, very interesting, <laughs> very interesting trade there for sure. Um, not necessarily looking forward to having Noah Syndergaard in my division, but this isn't the same Noah Syndergaard we've been used Mm-mm. to. 
Uh, Rosario is going to be hitting free agency next season, so odds are that he he will more than likely be a rental player, but he easily slides in and becomes the new starting shortstop for the Dodgers. Jorge Lopez for Dylan Floro. For, for me as a Twins fan, this is just kind of like a, okay, sure. Uh, uh, Jorge Lopez, you know, the, the trade itself is what I'm livid at at this point. Uh, Yenier Cano, one of the pieces we had sent to Baltimore has now become one of the best relievers in the league. Uh, Jorge Lopez Mm. did not have the greatest stint as a Minnesota twin. So he gets a fresh start in Miami. Same for Dylan Floro, who had kind of struggled a little bit, uh, in Miami. He'll get a fresh start as well. Looked decent enough in his uh, in his Twins debut, but uh, hopefully the best is yet to come there. Carlos Santana to the Brewers. Really like this move for the Brewers. Uh, first place is kind of, or first base, I should say, has kind of been a revolving door. It seems like for the Brewers, uh, ever yep. since ever since really they got rid of Jesus Aguilar. Um, so I really like that move a lot for the Brewers. Uh, for the Pirates, I don't think they're done selling off PZ. No, um, really kind of kind of a bummer about the Pirates. I mean, they started the season, you know, so they started the season so well and everybody thought, I mean, that was another team that everybody kind of looked at and went, okay, they'll be good. You know, they've got a couple years to go before they're good. And the way they started this year, everybody looked at them and went, okay, they're good this year. And now they've sort of come crashing back to earth, unfortunately. Um, yes, yeah, Santana for the Brewers, great pickup. Um all of these are all of these are are I mean, you mentioned Graven to the reuniting with the Astros. Lance Lynn Joe Kelly helps the Dodgers in their pitching. Um the David Robertson trade we kind of talked about earlier. That's another this was the first domino that fell for the Mets. Uh a bit surprised that they kept him that they traded him within the division. Um but you know, okay. Okay, we need to talk about this Cleveland-LA deal. Um, You mentioned, I mean, Noah Syndergaard is, you know, whatever not to be whatever, but he is not the same Noah Syndergaard as a few years ago, Um, you know, when he was, when he basically owned, uh, you know, he basically owned the, he basically owned the borough, you know, the borough of Queens. Um, and was leading the Mets to the World Series and and all that fun stuff. Um, so he's clearly not the same. But I'm I'm struggling a bit to see the logic in you know because he went to the last year he was with the Angels, struggled struggled with the Dodgers. I'm I'm kind of struggling to see the logic in the Guardians trading a player like Ahmed Rosario for you know who's proven who's an all-star caliber gold glove caliber shortstop for a god i can't believe i'm gonna say this but carson a unknown quantity in noah Syndergaard. yeah it's but at the same time you know i think this is also about noah Syndergaard clearly needed a change of scenery um and this will kind of for, for him, this will kind of be the first time that he isn't really in a major market, um, you know, and Cleveland over the years has been known to develop some pretty outstanding starting pitching. I mean, let's not forget about the rotation that they had with 
Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer at yeah. one point, even though uh, we don't yep. talk about him anymore. Um, nope. But, you know, this, this could be the perfect – this could be the perfect scenery for for him to kind of re refine his form. Yeah, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm not rooting against Noah Syndergaard, um, but I'm you know I'm just looking at the standings. Guardians are okay. The AL Central, you know, it's awful. It's an abysmal division, just like the NL Central. Um, Guardians are only a game and a half out of first place, believe it or not. At 52 wins and 53 losses. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I'm struggling to understand why you would look at, you know, you look at the standings. Okay, our division sucks. We're not playing very good. Obviously, we're a game under 500, but we're only a game and a half out of this thing. Yes, let's ship Ahmed Rosario to the West Coast. Uh, and hope Noah Syndergaard can regain his form here in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, and for for the Dodgers too, you know, obviously this makes a lot of sense. You know, Syndergaard was struggling, and yeah, you know they they kind of needed a needed a shortstop, so he plugs in easily there. Um, they also got Kike Hernandez back from your Red Sox, AJ. Yeah. Uh, so solid uh, utility infield guy there again that they have at their disposal. So they have plenty of ways to kind of shift their shift their infield. Yeah, so uh, don't get me started on Kike Hernandez and the boneheaded moves that my Boston team's front office has made the last few days. Uh, first, Kike Hernandez and the Celtics giving Jalen Brown a supermax deal. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's give a boatload of money to a dude who disappears in every big moment of every big game. Anyways, I digress. Um, so those are kind of the notable trades that have went down so far. Obviously, with the well, again, by the time you listen to this, the deadline could have already passed, and um, you know, we could have had some crazy blockbuster, you know, deal five team trade. Uh, who knows? Um, can't wait to find out though um and as always with the trade line carson comes the rumors um the mariners who last year at the trade deadline so mariners have never under jerry Depoto have never shied away from making like basically franchise altering moves in the mid-season they did it last year they struggled i mean they basically struggled to this point last year too. Uh, you know, they were kind of a you know basically playing 500 ball. Um, they got in a fight with the Angels and went out and got went out and got Luis Castillo from the Reds. And of course, we all know they went on a crazy run, made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, whatever. Um, anyways. It sounds like they're thinking. It sounds like they're looking to doing the same kind of thing again because they have. So the Mariners have an abundance of starting pitching, um, and the rumor has it they're looking to swap a starting pitcher for an impact hitter. And I got to tell you, watching the Mariners this year, if there's one thing they need, they need another impact hitter, another bat that can come up in a clutch situation and come through with the big hits. 
I easy for me to say sitting here. I say go for it. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, it was very interesting uh, that when I kind of saw this, I was like, huh. I mean, but at the same time, it makes sense because they've got plenty of starting pitching to spare. So, uh, you know, we'll mm-hmm. we'll kind of see see what they end up doing. Um. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, with kind of you know playing five hundred ball for basically the whole you know the whole season to this point, why not? Why not try to shake things up? I mean, it worked last year. Um, and then more news from the Dodgers. Uh, so word is the Dodgers have been inquiring to the Cardinals about Jordan Montgomery or Jack Flaherty. Um, and apparently the Cardinals, you know, in these discussions, the Cardinals basically brought up, you know, told the Dodgers, Hey, if you're going to trade for, if we're going to send you one of these guys, you need to include some, you know, some, some prospects, some high ranked prospects, uh, in return. And the Dodgers came back and said, uh, countered with, okay, if we're gonna trip, if we're gonna chip in high-ranking prospects, uh, we want Nolan Arenado. Um, <laughs> right, Dodgers. Uh, dream on. Yeah, in in the words of Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't, nice. I don't think Arenado is gonna move. Um, I wouldn't no. be surprised if the Dodgers got one of the two of either Montgomery or Flaherty. I don't think they're going to get both. Um, but unless, but at the same time, crazier things have happened. Um, but yeah, I would, I think either one of them would also be a huge boost for that Dodgers starting rotation. Yeah. I mean, those are two. Now that Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn are both off the board, and Max Scherzer, even though nobody knew he was on the board to begin with. Um, yeah, Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty are both top-quality pitchers. Uh, any team that they wind up going to is going to be better for it, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I do think the Dodgers get one of them. No way, no freaking way are the are the Cardinals letting Nolan Ryder go anywhere. Yes, the Cardinals have been absolute crap this year, but they're, you know, they're not, unlike the Mets, they're not waving the white flag. Um, the Cardinals will be back next year. Uh, so no one are not, no one not going anywhere. Um, and hey, whichever, whichever one of these guys the Dodgers don't get, one of these guys, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, either Jordan Montgomery or Jack Flaherty is coming to the Red Sox at the deadline. So... Um, and last but not least, the Marlins not done yet. Of course, they got David Robertson, uh, from the Mets. They're not done yet. Cars in the Marlins, among other teams, it should be mentioned, are showing interest in the Tigers' Mike Lorenzen. Yeah, that would be another solid move for the Marlins. I mean, their their hitting core is fine enough, but you gotta you gotta bolster that pitching pitching rotation just a little bit and uh Lorenzen has been somebody yep. that I think has been slept on at this trade deadline um and I think should yeah. be talked about by more uh by more teams as well so I really like I really really like this potential addition for the Marlins yeah slept on because I mean let's be honest slept on because he plays for the Tigers um 
and yeah, I the the Marlins. This would be this would be a this would be a huge boost to the Marlins, um, and I think it has to be said, Carson. This would take so much pressure, so so much pressure uh, off of Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, because I mean, let's be honest. He he has not been playing up to his standards that we know he can no. be. So. Uh, to have the heat taken off of him a little bit and just bolster that rotation a little bit more would be, I think, would be a good thing for him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're carrying the whole pitching rotation on your shoulders. Um, yeah, Sandy Alcantara is the Marlins version of Aaron Judge. Uh, his back's worn out from carrying that whole that whole rotation. Um, yeah, I I like Mike Lorenz. I like Lorenzo to the Marlins. Um, good, good for good for Marlins fans. Um, it's, I mean, let's be honest. It's been a minute since your team has been in this position. Um, actually, it's been more than a minute. It's been several minutes since your team's been in this position. So good for Marlins fans. You guys deserve it. Um, all right, let's take our last break. When we come back, uh, we'll play some buy or sell. Um, we'll get into the mailbag Q and a stuff and, uh, yeah, we'll put a bell on this. Looking for the coolest 3d printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs. Look no further than printer dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code home run. That's one word to save 10% off. That's printer dudes. D O D S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, into our learning final segment, and that means it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time to play some buy or sell. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the Cubs earlier. Um, uh, I mentioned the Cubs are on a crazy hot streak. Um, winners of eight games in a row, winners of nine of their last ten. Uh, sneaking up on the Brewers atop the standings of the abysmal NL Central. Um, and all this sort of adds up Carson to uh buy or sell that the Cubs will buy at the deadline and make a push for the wild card or the division. I, I think I spoiled this a little bit beforehand, but I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna buy this. Um I believe they should be buyers at the deadline. Um I don't mm-hmm. think they can afford to stand pat when that division is right there for the taking. Um I think they need to add a few different pieces on, on the pitching end and on the hitting end, I think would benefit them greatly. But, um, but yeah, overall buy, buy this a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm buying that the Cubs are going to be buyers. Um, I mean, if they were in any other division, you know, they would probably be way out of it by now, but as uh, awful as the NL central has been this year, um yeah why the hell not um plus coming off that i don't know if however how many of you saw it but coming off that ridiculous uh win against the cardinals the other night um uh, the car the cubs player is escaped his name is escaping my memory at the moment but uh carson d this dude made a ridiculous catch at the wall reached up plucked the ball plucked the plucked the ball from Oh, basically on the other side of the wall uh, and saved a walk-off home run. And um, I think it is safe to say the Cubs are red hot. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, odds are hopefully that this trend for them will continue. Um, but but again, the, the division's right there, so I can't see why they wouldn't buy. Yeah, they'd be crazy not to. Um, all right, sticking in, in the NL Central, speaking of how uh, atrocious it, it is, um, Carson, buy or sell that two NL Central teams will make the playoffs. I'll buy that, yeah. I think that the... You know, the, especially in the wild card, uh, there will be at least one NL Central team in contention for that. So, yeah, I would 100% buy. Yeah. Um, I'll buy the two teams are making. I will see the two teams, and I will go one step further. I will say that three NL Central teams will make it. The Brewers, the Reds, and the Cubs will all be in the playoffs. Um and with the way the matchups, the matchups, you know, and the seating and everything shakes out, uh, we could see um, we could see some interdivision matchups uh, right at the beginning of the playoffs, which would be a lot of fun. Um, I was gonna say something about the Cardinals, but I think we've I think we've rubbed enough salt in the Cardinals and their fans' wounds this year, so uh, we'll we'll just move on. Uh, we'll move on to the Angels, uh, who we talked about at the top of the show. They took Shohei Otani off the trade market. They went out and got Lucas Giolito, uh, who was arguably the best pitcher available uh, on the market. Um, and I basically said, screw it, we're going for it. Uh, so Carson, buy or sell the Angels going all in? I 100%, you know... Despite my skepticism, I 100% buy it. Um, This team has been surrounded by mediocrity for Mm. years and years and years. They have wasted the potentials of two of the greatest players we will ever see play the game. Um, And it's about time that they decided to finally, finally get these guys some help. So I am buying this all the way. Um, Yeah, I mean... I, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about this one. On one hand, I like the aggressiveness. I like the fact that, for whatever reason, the Angels front office has finally sort of snapped out of it and been like, "Hey, uh, we're wasting the primes uh, and the talent of the two best players on the planet. Uh, our fans aren't happy. Maybe we should do something." Um, so I like that. I'm, I'm buying that part of it. Uh, what I'm selling though, Carson is, and we, you know, we sort of, we talked about it before. Um, if this goes right, if this works, this will look like a genius move by the angels and their fans will be happy and Shohei Otani will be happy and he'll resign this winter and everybody will be happy and over there in Anaheim, wherever the heck, LA, Anaheim, wherever the heck these the Angels play. Um, but if this goes, if this doesn't work and this goes bad, I mean, I said it before, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. This could really blow up in the Angels' face. The fans will be mad. Shohei Otani will leave this winter. Uh, and this will look like a boneheaded move. So I, I guess I'm both buying and selling this 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it it'll certainly depend. I think it's very it's very possible that it's contingent on what happens with what happens with Shohei Otani, but I I just love that they're finally doing something instead of just sitting pat yeah. or selling. Yeah, and let's not forget the Angels haven't made the playoffs since 2014, which is ridiculous uh, for a team that has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on it. So, um, yeah, I like that the that the front office has finally gone. Hey, maybe we should you know actually try to be competitive. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, and then we talked about the Mets earlier. Obviously, they traded David Robertson to the Marlins. They traded Max Scherzer uh, to the Texas Rangers. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the Mets. Other, you know, Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor, and the other big name pieces that have been in the Queens for a while. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with them yet, but uh, Carson, so buy or sell that the Mets are in rebuild mode. Speaking of selling, I'm not ready to say yet that they're rebuilding. Um, I still think they've got enough talent for this to be considered a retooling, but I don't know if I'm ready for it to be a rebuilding quite yet. So I'm going to sell on this. Yeah, I'm selling this one too. I don't, of course, by the time we record our next episode, the Mets could have gone full uh, 1997 Marlins and just traded away everybody. Um, you know, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Lindor, they could, they, they could have blown it up. Um, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I feel like, I feel like the Mets are in a similar position to the Cardinals where they, they've come to the conclusion that, Hey, this season's a wash, you know, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not, we're not going to do anything this year. Uh, but let's, like you said, let's retool and let's get ready for 2024. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't think that you can, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to say rebuilding yet, retooling. Absolutely. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm sorry, Mets fans. Every time, every time your team, you know, your Mets get your hopes up and then just goes up in a cloud of smoke. Uh, anyways, all right, that's by yourself. Uh, into the mailbag we go. Uh, Ryan, all the way from the great state of Hawaii, uh, with Miguel Cabrera facing the Marlins for the last time. Ugh, that's depressing. Uh, what's your guys' favorite Miggy moment? It has to be him winning the triple crown, right? Like, I, yep. I don't know if there's any yep. other answer. Um, no, I don't, well, yeah, I mean, the, the triple crown was, I mean, obviously that's his <laughs> crowning achievement as a uh, guard. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, um, I'll be here all week, folks. Try the veal. Um, no, I mean, obviously the triple crown, that goes with the thing, but I tried to think of another, you know, uh, and another one that pops to mind again, probably because of my, Probably because of my absolute my absolute loathing of this individual. Um, how about Miggy's walk off home run against Roger Clemens in the 03 World Series? Also a good one. Um, not one that I remember particularly well because I was about five when that happened. 
Oh God. Uh, I'm so old. Um, no, seriously. I mean, obviously the triple crown, um, the triple crown, I think it was what 2012 mm. and it, the first, the first triple crown since, uh, the great, late great college Shremsky did it in, um, 1967. So, I mean, obviously, and we haven't seen one since when we might be another, you know, however many years until we see it again, if at all. So, um, yeah. And also just really, oh man, that's a bummer. Mickey face in the Marlins for the last time. Man, that's weird. That sucks. Ugh. Um, anyways, that's a downer. Um, let's come back to let's let's come back to this next one. Let's do this last one because I feel like I have the oddest feeling that this other one is going to turn into a uh, discussion. So, um, Aubrey from Utah. Uh, wants to know, Carson, which team is your dark horse pick to make a deep playoff run? You know, I have thought about this very long and hard trying to figure out, okay, how exactly, you know, who exactly is my pick to kind of make a dark horse run? Because it has to be somebody that, you know, you don't really expect to make a dark horse run. And it's, It's it's very tough. So for me, it I kind of was looking looking at the standings and everything. I'm gonna pick the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I think that nice. they've got enough talent to kind of make a make a deep playoff run, and you know they've they've been pl- playing pretty well down there in in the Bay. So I, my my pick yeah. is the my pick is the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I think they're the Giants are. The Giants, as crazy as it sounds, uh, that's a team that a lot of people are sleeping on, um, which is crazy to me because they're they're so good. Um, yeah, this was this was really tough. Um, again, you know, I just kind of looked at the standings and I went, okay, what's a team that not a lot of people are talking about? That because to me, a, a dark horse is a team that people are that most people are sleeping on. And that if they were to make a deep playoff run, everybody would go, wow, like who saw that coming? Um, and honestly, sticking in the National League, even though even though they're currently not occupying, occupying a playoff spot, Carson, um, I, the Chicago Cubs, I think the Cubs, if they make smart moves at the deadline, because I mean, clearly at this point, they're going to be buying at the deadline. Marcus Stroman, not going anywhere. Cody Bellinger, not going anywhere. Um, if they make the right moves at the deadline and add the pieces they need, which Jed Hoyer, one of the best GMs in all of baseball, talk about underrated, um, the Cubs, the Cubs could really do some damage come October. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, another team that's got the talent, they've got the, they've kind of got everything in position. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline because there were rumors swirling about them trading Cody Bellinger, but, but reported. That's not happening anymore. Um, I would assume then that means that Marcus Stroman has also been taken off in the market, but um, it'll be very interesting to see what the Cubs do. Yeah. Um, We talk about all the time. We talk about teams that, you know, that's a team I wouldn't want to see on my part of my half of the bracket. 
Uh, and I think the Cubs are definitely in that category. I know everybody out there, I know you're all going, you know, the Cubs haven't done jack squats since they won the World Series in 2016. But, um, which is true, to be fair. But I also feel like the Cubs have sort of, you know, they won in 2016 and then they sort of went into this rebuild, retool, whatever. Um, but Carson, I almost feel like the Cubs have been sort of sneakily building their way back into a into a contender uh kind of kind of off the radar which is nuts yeah i would agree with that it's it's crazy to think they've been kind of off the off of the radar but um they're they're very much so off the radar yeah it's almost like i don't even know how to explain it it's almost like they won in 2016 they they broke their own curse their you know 108 years um, you know, they broke their own curse and then every, it's like, it's almost like everybody forgot about the Cubs, which is weird, but, um, it was almost like everybody went, Oh, good for you guys. You broke your curse. And then that was it. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on the Cubs, everybody, because, uh, they're going to be, if they make the right moves and if they manage to get into the playoffs, which there's a good chance because they play in that, you know, terrible division so um anyways all right so i saved this one for last because i just had the oddest feeling this was going to turn into a thing so uh brandon from new york i know you guys have talked about your favorite baseball movies but what are some of your favorite non-baseball ones i will give you my top three movies in in order going from three to one um Oh wow, we're getting a we're getting a countdown. So coming everybody. in at number three, um, because it has been a very big part of my life, is a Marvel movie, Avengers Endgame. Um, I absolutely loved Endgame. Nice. Uh, number two is Miracle. Uh, being a Minnesota fan, it would almost be a shame of me not to have that movie in my top three, <laughs> um, for obvious reasons. Great movie overall. Tells the story of one of the greatest teams. Yep one of the greatest underdog stories ever. Um, but my number one, my favorite yep. movie of all time, and this may surprise some people is without a doubt, Monty Python, the Holy grail Titanic. Um, <laughs> um yeah, well, that's just, yeah, that's a solid top three. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Monty Python and the Holy grail is a classic, um you can't um as great as holy grail is i feel like people sleep on the other python movies uh there's the meaning of life which is great life of brian um they're all but yeah there's just something about holy grail that that makes it stand out um yeah and as far as miracle goes not only not only a great movie um obviously about the greatest upset in the history of sports ever. Um, I also really, one of my, uh, one of two, well, two of my favorite things about miracle one, I liked the fact that instead of casting actors and trying to teach actors how to play hockey, they cast hockey players, uh, including Buzz Schneider's son, Billy to play him in the movie, which I thought was really cool. They cast hockey players and taught them how to act um and the other favorite thing about that is uh 
Carson, I think you would agree that trying to cast someone to play the legendary Herb Brooks is no small feat. And Kurt Russell absolutely fucking nailed it. Yeah, I mean, that that speech he gives still to this day sends shivers up my spine. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest locker rooms. Probably the greatest locker room speech ever. Um, yeah, Kurt Russell absolutely crushed and not not an easy role to play. Um, and, you know, of course, a little bittersweet note that Herb Brooks never got to see the movie finished. He died in a car accident, uh, I think, while they were still filming. So, um, yeah, that's that is a solid top three, my friend. Um, geez. So here's the problem I have. Obviously, uh, Carson and I are, uh, they're, that we're, <laughs> we're different. Uh, one of us has been on the planet a lot longer than the other. Um, which means I've seen a lot more movies. Well, maybe, um, just by virtue of, uh, my number of years on the planet. Um, jeez. Brandon, I have to just say, I hate questions like this. I hate when people ask me what my favorite movies are because, honestly, it changes. Um, but I think the mainstays are obviously the Star Wars movies. Yes, all of them, prequels, original, sequels, Rogue One, Solo, all of them. And if you have a problem with that, you can, frankly, go kick rocks. Um, Star Wars are always mainstays. Um, jeez. Um, the Back to the Future movies, obviously. Um, the Ghostbusters movies, the, the original ones. Um, although Ghostbusters Afterlife was pretty damn good, I have to admit. Um, but I think... It's hard for me to pick just it's hard for me to narrow it down uh but if i were to if i'm being pressed i mean star wars back to the future ghostbusters um the dark knight is my favorite comic book movie um but i'll throw one out that maybe a lot of you haven't heard of and or haven't seen that you really really freaking should uh and it's called the last starfighter um came out in 1984 i think uh stars lance guest um as a uh a kid named alex rogan he lives in this trailer park in the middle of nowhere of california um where he passes a lot of his time playing the starfighter arcade game uh, winds up setting the high score on it and adventure and awesomeness ensues. Yeah, a very good movie to be sh to be sure. Wow, you're like the third person I've ever met, I've ever known who's ever seen that movie. Most of the time I see last, I say last Starfighter and people go, what? Um, yeah. God, questions like that are so hard. Damn. Um, favorite movies. Um, but anyways, what Brandon is referring to is, yeah, we've talked about baseball movies quite a bit. In fact, we dedicated, actually, Carson, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was your first episode 
when we had Jordan Leandre on, and we pretty much spent the whole time talking yes, about baseball we did. movies. And um, that was that was a lot of fun too because there are a lot of good ba- there are a lot of good just movies in general. Yeah, there really are. Um, what else? There was something else I was gonna. Say. Oh, also just to build on Carson's uh, number two pick of Miracle. Um, fairly certain I've mentioned this before, uh, but if you have seen Miracle and liked it, which how could you not? Um, another recommendation I would make to you, uh, Car- and I know Carson, I've talked about this, the 30 for 30 documentary, um, ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary, is called Of Miracles in Men, and it tells the story of uh, 1980 Lake Placid, the Miracle on Ice game. It tells the story and a little bit of the history from the Soviet perspective. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I know that sounds really freaking weird, um, but honestly, it's it brilliant. honestly sounds really good. I've never, I've never seen it, but now I've got to go search that out. It sounds phenomenal. Um, it's on Disney Plus, as far as I know, because um, Disney Plus added because ESPN and Disney, uh, I think they added pretty much the whole catalog of the 30 for 30 on Disney plus. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a really good watch. Um, you know, it's about an hour, hour and a half long, maybe. Um, but it really delves into the, 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 um, the Soviet perspective of that, of everything, all the lead up, uh, and all the build up to that game, um, interviews with, uh, with quite a few of the Soviet players, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a watch. Um, it really, really offers a unique perspective um, to that whole story. All right. Uh, anyways, um, as always, everybody, thank you for your mailbag slash Q and A stuff. Keep sending that stuff to us uh, either via Spotify or at ethaningstretchgmail.com. Uh, let's real quick talk about some upcoming games to watch. Uh, we've got some doozies, Carson. We've got, uh, the Phillies and the Marlins, um, both teams fighting for playoff spot there. The Rays and the Yankees, obviously that's a big game in the AL East. Uh, Orioles, Blue Jays, also another big game in the AL East. Um, but I think the one that jumps out to me, well, Diamondbacks, Giants, that's obviously big. Boy, there are some awesome games coming up. Um, one that I, a series that I suspect not too long ago could have been on your tankathon. Uh, we've got the Reds and the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Uh, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, both of those teams are in the playoff race. Absolutely shocking that this series is not one that is considered to be a tankathon series. Uh, very happy about it though, obviously. Um, and oh, yeah, as absolutely. I go into the tankathon, disclaimer, everybody, by no means am I trying to say that any of the players on these teams are bad when it's a tankathon series. The tankathon solely takes into consideration the nope. fact that they don't have the greatest records right now, and they're clearly teams that are rebuilding. So just want to want to make sure that that is yep. that is perfectly perfectly clear. I'm not trying to bash any specific players or teams or anything. Now that being said. We do have a Tankathon series for this episode. And in light of what has gone down at 
in light of what has gone down these past few days and what could go down at the trade deadline, AJ, the New York Mets are in a, in a tankathon as they take on the Kansas City uh. Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Uh. Um, I can't believe the Mets are involved in a tankathon. Um, although, uh, on a lighter note, a rematch of the 2015 yes, World Series so should also be fun, and um, and both fan bases would probably rather look at it that way. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of the players on either of those teams uh, were on the teams in 2015, but hey, uh, why not? Um, boy, yeah. I mean, the, the Carson's at it. The Tankathon is supposed to be, you know. We're not, you know, ragging on the players. It's just teams that aren't very good playing each other. And that doesn't always mean uh that doesn't always mean a bad game. No, to watch. absolutely not. Like some there have been some tankathon series that have produced some really good games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. One last thing. Um so the news broke. Within the last couple of days, that surprise to the surprise of nobody, uh, the Major League Baseball owners have agreed to vote and renew Rob Manfred's contract for another five years as commissioner of baseball. Um, and I say to the surprise of nobody because, um, unfortunately, gone are the days when sports commissioners were elected uh, based on merit and based on their accomplishments and based on whether or not uh, them serving as commissioner was uh, good or not good uh, for the league and for the players. Um, nowadays, it's all about the almighty dollar. And for the most part, owners vote for commissioners based on whether or not they're making and whether the commissioner is helping line their pockets. Uh, and in Rob Manfred's case, the owners are making money hand over fist. Um, the pack, the pockets of the owners are get fatter with each passing year of Manfred's tenure. And so surprise, surprise, they decided to keep the cash cow in office for another five years. Um, that's pretty much the story in all the major sports. Uh, the lone exception, I would say, would be the NBA. Yes, I know the NBA owners are making lots of money with Adam Silver, but Adam Silver, unlike his counterparts in the NHL, NFL, and Major League Baseball, is actually a human being. Um, so, yeah, I mean, while I'm not surprised and fully expected Rob Manfred to be reelected as MLB commissioner for the aforementioned reasons. Um, I still held out a little bit of hope that maybe uh, some way, somehow we'd make, we'd go back to the days where uh, the owners actually cared about the fans and actually cared about more than just their bottom lines. And Rob Manfred being reelected for another five years uh, is pretty much the um, seems to pretty much be the uh, the killing blow uh, for any hopes of that happening. Um, so in short, good for the owners, 
Um, not so good for Major League Baseball and definitely definitely not good for us fans. But, um, you know, that, that's as the saying goes, you know, sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, well said. Um, Sorry, everybody. That was kind of a downer. I didn't. In, I didn't mean it to be a downer, but I mean it's just. It just sucks. Like. Yeah. Well said. Um, anyway. For my one last thing, we're taking a, a brief, <laughs> a brief break from player positivity this time out um, to highlight a couple of different things. First and foremost, enjoy the madness that is the trade deadline. Everybody, it's going to be a lot of fun this year, um, as it seems yep. to have been these past few years. Uh, but I also wanted to highlight something, AJ, that I got a notification on this morning um, that yesterday there mm-hmm. the average um, yesterday's average crowd in at uh, MLB games was thirty eight thousand eight hundred and fifty eight, which was the highest Saturday in ten years. Wow. Um, and I just wanted to oh I God. found this um, I found this tweet or wow. X or whatever the heck you want to call it now. Um, Okay, it's, it's still a tweet. Cool. It's still cool. Twitter. Just needed to clear that up with it being called. No. Um, We're not buying into this. There, uh, the MLB Communications uh, <laughs> tweeted out this tweet about it, and uh, there were a few different things that I wanted to highlight. Uh, Saturday's fifteen games drew five thousand or five hundred and eighty-two thousand eight hundred and seventy-two fans for an average crowd of thirty-eight thousand eight hundred and fifty-eight. That average is the highest for a Saturday in all of Major League Baseball since August 10th of 2013. Nine Saturday's games attracted 40,000-plus fans. Eleven of Saturday's games hosted 35,000-plus fans. And some of the other highlights in that Saturday included the Marlins' best home crowd since 2017 opening day, the Orioles' second sellout of the season, Wow. The Diamondback best home crowd since opening day and 45,085 fans for athletics at Rockies. Wow. Um, I think the most surprising number might be the athletics Rockies attendance. Damn. Uh, although, you know, I joke about the Rockies, but, and obviously they're, you know, well, they're the Rockies, but um, wow, that is those are some impressive numbers. Um, you know, I joke about the Rockies and you know whatever, but um, all of that aside, uh, Coors Field, Coors Field is right up there. I mean, right up there uh as one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of major league baseball it has it's it's you know it's relatively new um you know in terms of ballparks go it's uh it's beautiful on the outside it's even more beautiful on the inside it affords some uh spectacular views of the rocky mountains so i'm 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 also i'm surprised but i'm also kind of not surprised because when it's a nice day here which you know, not to brag or anything, but we do get 300 days of sunshine here in Colorado. Um, yeah, Coors Field can be packed. I've seen it. So, um, but I mean, those are all really impressive numbers. And, you know, here, it, you know, here I am ragging, ragging on Rob Manfred, but 
I mean, you can't no, argue with those all. numbers. It's, that's really cool to to see. I didn't realize it was the best Saturday in ten years. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, damn. Um, I mean, that's great. That's that's good news. Like, that's what we want to see. Um, but ten years, damn. That's that's quite a um. That's quite a stretch. So, um. Good stuff. Uh, don't forget you can uh, don't forget to contact us. Uh, there are several ways to contact us. Uh, like I said, you can on directly via Spotify, um, which if our metrics are to be believed, that's where the large majority of you are listening to us um, on Twitter, Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm not buying into this X thing. I refuse to call it X. Um, on Twitter at eighth inning pod. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us and also uh, turn on notifications um, via email at eighth inning stretch gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to check out our awesome, awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Uh, they are your one stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs. Ooh, excuse me. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. And that, my friend, is a wrap on episode number 80. Only 19 episodes to go. Also, a round of applause for you, my friend, for the perfect read. Well done. Yeah, because what was it, last episode or the episode before? It wasn't last episode. I think it was the one before where I could yes, not so get through round that. round of applause to you. Well done. Um, enjoy the trade deadline, everybody. Yes, thank you. Can't wait to cover it um, all, to cover everything that goes on yes. with you guys on Friday. Um, things, it seems like, are only just begun, and it's going to get crazy from here on in. So keep your eyes peeled. Yep, it's going to be wild. Uh, I have no doubt that all of you, along with us, will be glued to our phones, computers, tablets, whatever, TVs, uh, in the next couple of days here to keep track of all the craziness. Yep, and when we come back to you guys on Friday, we'll have all the breakdowns, all the reactions. I'm sure no shortage of hot takes from us. Um, Yeah, everybody have an awesome week, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday.